Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Okay, well, let's jump right into it here. Um, you know, last week at Emmaus Fellowship, we had such a wonderful time of worship, and I just really appreciated the leadership of Mark and Christy Bovey uh, last week. And one of the things that I really appreciated was how there was a spontaneous time of encouragement that Christy brought to us when we were singing a song called Make Room. Um, I don't know if you remember that song, but there's a line in that song that says, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. And it's a great song, and I would encourage you to check it out maybe on YouTube um, this week as you're thinking through some of the thoughts that I'm going to bring to you. Uh, One of the things that Christy shared with us was that while she was preparing for worship, she felt like the Father had actually turned the tables on her with that song and that he was actually singing those words over us. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. And I want to just kind of explore that a little bit more today at Aspen Grove here in light of what we just read out of Romans chapter 5 and specifically in verse 2. Let me read that again and then we'll kind of like see how the Lord does that, how he turns the tables on us, as it were. We initiate some sort of like uh, offering to him and then we realize that he in turn has been bringing that offering to us. Uh, So this is uh, Romans 5, 2 again. It says, we throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. Uh, And we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand out in wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praises. Now, listen to that and this phrase, I will make room for you. Can you hear God saying, I am making room for you? I love how it says it here that we find ourselves standing in wide open spaces, the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. And we stand tall in that space. So I wanted to actually talk about that a little bit. And I wanted to just briefly contrast it with what I shared last week at Emmaus related to shame and how shame really drives us into hiding. And hiding is the opposite of wide open spaces, right? It is small, confined spaces. And so we felt like there was kind of like two sides of the coin that God was wanting to help us become more aware of how shame is influencing us, the narrative of shame, and that 
attendant of shame that follows us around and tries to convince us and um, orients us towards these small places where we have now just this encouragement of the narrative of hope that would lead us into wide open spaces with God. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, uh, what it means to be in wide open spaces with God and what it means for God to say, you can do whatever you want to. Um, that concept might be kind of foreign to some of us and it might throw us back a little bit. So we're going to explore that just a touch here. You know, God is making room for you and he's making room for us to stand really in the space of his grace and his glory. Listen to Psalm 118.5. The psalmist is saying, I was pushed to the wall. I called out to God and from wide open spaces he answered. And then Psalm 119.45. God, as I looked for your truth and your wisdom, I will strive freely in the wide open spaces. And so what does it mean for us to be in wide open spaces and uh, what does it mean for God to invite us into those places? Well, it means no limits, really. It means freedom to dream. It means inspired creativity, living purposefully. It means finding new courage to take risks. It means experiencing and receiving God's generosity. It means expressing generosity. Uh, it means finding hope for God's provision and hope for a good outcome. Wide open spaces with God is communion with God. It's and also fellowship with other people. And so when we read this, you know, Romans 5 too, in a, in a nutshell, it's God's grace and his glory. That's what it means to be in God's wide open spaces. And so can you hear God say it? Can you hear the Father say, I will make room for you? I will make room for you. Even if you feel hemmed in, even if you feel pushed up against the wall, God is wanting to invite us all into more broad and open spaces with him. And so how do we enter into those wide open spaces with God? I mean, what are some things that we can practically do that help usher us in to more wide open spaces? I mean, we talked a little bit about that last week. What can we do to, um, I guess, deal with the effects of shame in our life? And one of the things that we talked about was just growing more and more aware of when shame and the narrative of shame is trying to influence us. And then we take our example from Jesus, who in Hebrews 12, it was said that he, um, he endured the cross because he had joy set before him. And that joy was intimate relationship with you and I. And so with that joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning or despising its shame. And so as we take up our cross daily, part of the taking up the cross of Christ daily is not only denying ourselves, but also learning how to scorn shame, how to despise shame and how not how to how to like live in such a way that shame no longer has influence over our lives but we are shame resilient as uh Brene Brown puts it and so i think there's a couple ways that we can do that um more practically and one of those things is if shame drives us into hiding if shame drives us into very small places 
then one of the things that we can be doing is we can be uh, purposing in our hearts, like choosing to allow ourselves to lean more and more into connectedness with others and specifically more and more vulnerable connections with others. And so over the course of time and as those relationships are forming and and we're maturing in uh, those relationships, we can become more and more shame resilient as we become more and more connected in vulnerable ways with one another. And those are real practical ways that we can be um, addressing shame and the effects of shame in the small space. But that's not quite answering the question, how can we enter into the wide open spaces? And I think there's two things that we can also be doing in addition to what I've just shared. Uh, and they are simply exercising gratitude and blessing. Uh, gratitude. I've heard it said that gratitude is the latch on the gate that leads you into beautiful fields of possibility. I love that. And so gratitude moves our eyes away from limitation and lack, and it moves them up into provision and possibility. So gratitude, just like we have practiced this week with Thanksgiving, is a way for us to really acknowledge the, the things that God is doing and not focus on what we perceive as lack. And so gratitude is definitely one of the ways that we can start moving our hearts and moving our attitudes and moving our thoughts towards the wide open spaces. So that's one of the things that we can do. Uh, recently, I had a friend tell me of a tradition that he and his wife started years ago. They have this box in their living room. And it's like a little treasure box that uh, has paper in there with a pen and little pieces of paper, and it's called their gratitude box. And throughout the year, they will take one of those pieces of paper whenever something happens and it's still fresh, and they write out what they're grateful for. They write out the event or they write out, you know, what happened or, you know, whatever it is that they are grateful for, and they put that in the box. And then on Thanksgiving, maybe around the meal, uh, they take the gratitude box and they bring it and their kids r have written in it through the year and the husband and the wife have written in it through the year and they will one at a time just take each piece of paper out and read those gratitude notes. And I think that's just a really fantastic family tradition that we might consider uh, for ourselves as we move into this new year after Thanksgiving. So the gratitude... Um, dynamic is real and it moves us into wide open spaces and bigger ideas of possibilities and um, and that's one of the things the other was blessing now this is an interesting one for me I actually really love uh, the concept of blessing and blessing people and blessing our lives and blessing things that uh, God has given to us in the authority that we have in Jesus Christ and so the words that we say can be blessings. In fact, Jesus is very clear in all of his teachings that we are to bless and not curse. We're even to bless our enemies. We're even to bless those who persecute us and pray for them. And so uh, there's something dynamic about blessing and speaking blessings out. Father John O'Donohue in his book, To Bless the Space Between Us, he says something to the effect of a blessing 
opens the window and lets the breeze of what can be enter your stale room. Let me say that again. A blessing opens the window and lets the breeze of what can be enter your stale room. So let's contrast that with how contempt shuts down possibilities, right? If we talked about shame and how shame is often paired with contempt, like contempt is the guardian of shame. And so often we can see that in self-contempt. Like if we're feeling shame in our lives, if we have a, a strong narrative of shame and if we've made agreements with false beliefs surrounded uh, with shame, then self-contempt is right, right there, right there. Um, and yeah, so self-contempt, it definitely, um, it turns us into... Um, you know, sends us into hiding and very small places and it turns us kind of against ourselves and against others. And so that's the opposite of the wide open spaces. And so how can blessings be an antidote for that self-contempt? Well, now think about this. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, when was the last time you spoke a blessing over your own life? Think about how finding new kindness towards your own life, your own story, begins to invite you into more wide open spaces. Uh, this might be a fresh concept for some of us. Uh, some of you, you've got a long history of being your own worst enemy. You've got a long history of, you know, self-contempt that came to you quite honestly through you know a culture of shame whether that was your family of origin or a series of events and relationships that have uh, impacted you in such a way that it's easier for you to kind of turn against yourself than it is to bless yourself and so I'm speaking out of compassion for you and I'm speaking out of compassion for just the dynamic that human beings find themselves in uh, where the enemy of our souls have definitely, like, has definitely used shame to breed self-contempt, which in fact leads us into hiding in small places, which is the opposite of God's grace and His glory. So you see how the enemy's at work here, and every single one of us have a story connected to that at some level. And so I think the importance of blessing is huge here, and I want to ask you to consider blessing your own heart blessing your own body, blessing your own mind, blessing your relationships, blessing your sexuality, blessing your work, blessing your possibilities. Let me give you an example here. And I, I draw from my own story here on this, but I don't want to make it about me. It's just something that I've learned to do, to do in this last year that I think has been helpful for bringing me into more wide open spaces when it comes to my relationships with people okay in the name of jesus i bless that place in my heart that has a hard time trusting others knowing that at one point in time my young heart felt unsafe i bless my heart to remember that it is safe and secure in the love and care of god and that it has grown in wisdom and discernment. And I bless it to grow in deeper intimacy and trust with others. 
I bless my heart in the name of Jesus. You can do that. Any area where you have struggled, you see how the kindness there isn't like, you know, I need to get better at this. The kindness is an acknowledgement and naming that there are reasons why we are the way we are and that we can bless us, uh, our, 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 our stories. We can bless and be kind to those places of our hearts that are guarded or that are uh, feeling shame or are feeling, you know, inadequate in some way, shape or form. And we can just bless those places of our heart that will lead those aspects of who we are into bigger, broader fields of possibility. So that's where gratitude and blessing can come in and really help us enter into God's grace and his glory in these wide open spaces. All right. Now, let me just take a few moments here and let's consider the second part of this encouragement. How do you feel about God telling you that he will make room for you and 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 you can do whatever you want to do? <laughs> I know some of us are like, wait a minute, we can't do whatever we want to do. Like, I'm prone to sin. I'm prone to living from the flesh. I'm prone this, that, or the other thing. Well, let's talk about the living from a place of true desire let's talk about living from a place of desire okay i think it's really important for us to consider that living from a place of desire is actually a telltale sign that you've been liberated from shame and self-contempt because when you live from a place of desire then what you're doing is you're 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 honoring the fact that God is at work within you. And that God has placed desires within you. If we kill our desires, if we shut down any like longing, um, then we run the risk of living in very small places. We know Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The actual desires, not just he'll give you whatever you ask for, but he will give you the actual desires. I mean, really? Are we sure about that? I think we can be, and I think we can be sure about that because of what we read out of Philippians 2.13. So let me read this out of the New Living Translation, Philippians 2.13, that really helps support this concept that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires. He gives us the desires of our heart. And that we have permission to live from a place of desire. That we could actually do what we want to do. And this is Philippians 2.13. God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. There it is. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is to strengthen and energize and create in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. We can sing that to God. Yes, we want to make room for you, God, to do whatever you want to do in our lives. 
And we want to receive the message from you loud and clear that you are making room for us and you have made wide open spaces for us to enter into these broad, beautiful fields of possibility. And that in these broad spaces, God, as we delight in you, you give us the desires of our heart. You are at work within us to both will and to do your good pleasure through our lives. And so let's enter into that wide open space with gratitude, with blessing, acknowledging that God is inviting us to live from a place of desire as we delight ourselves in him. So with that, I'll leave you and we'll be back in a moment with some prompts. God bless. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.